Principal Matters Podcast, Episode 112. Hi, Principal Matters listeners. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the School Leaders Podcast. Each week, I bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week, I want to talk about reflections for education leaders and why your body is a garden. If you'd like other free posts like this one, you can check out my blog, podcasts, and other resources at my website at williamdparker.com. When I was little, I loved to stand in the garden as my grandparents tilled soil and put out spring tomatoes. The smell of freshly tilled dirt, the sun beating down on my back, the brush of the ground with hose and rakes, all these memories come back to me fresh every spring. My grandparents didn't just garden for hobby. They would can vegetables to use throughout the whole year, and to grow that many vegetables, they understood the importance of good soil, watering, and sufficient sunlight. Now, I have a question for you about the kind of care that you are giving to an an important garden in your life. How are you currently taking care of your body? If we reap what we sow from healthy gardens that require good soil and seed, how is it that our bodies are any different if we want healthy outcomes? So this week, as a school leader, I want to pause for just a moment with you, and I want to ask you some specific questions about where you're growing in your health. I know that you probably earned a bachelor's or master's degree in education. That means that you understand a lot about learning styles and school culture and organizational leadership, which is so important in the ways that you lead your school. But how often do you think about your physical health and the way that it plays into the outcomes happening in your school? Now, as educators, we think about this for our students. In 2009, for instance, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services shared a finding that student physical activity contributes to strong academic performance. It's common sense, but here are a few takeaways from that report. One, physical activity can help youth improve their concentration, their memory, and classroom behavior. Two, youth who spend more time in physical ed classes do not have lower test scores than those who spend less time. And three, Elementary school girls who participated in more physical education had better math and reading scores than girls who had less time in physical ed. Now, just like we encourage our young people to consider the effects of physical activity on their learning, how often have you thought about how your own physical health may be affecting your school leadership? Over the years, I've learned some hard lessons about neglecting my own physical health. One day, for instance, I was standing in a meeting with a group of school leaders from across my district. I was the newest assistant principal and the youngest one in the room. And as we were waiting for the meeting to start, every person began to share what physical condition he or she was currently battling. Each one was taking a different medication for an ailment, and they shared concerns about cholesterol levels and heart conditions. And as I looked around the room, I began to panic. And I thought, if I stay in school admin... I'm going to die. And as I reflected on my own experience as a new administrator, I began to realize my own condition. I had gained 20 pounds. I was skipping meals or eating convenience food because school activities were so much more important than good nutrition. 
I had stopped exercising because I needed the extra time to catch up on emails or other school projects. Frankly, when I looked at my own health, I was a mess and I felt like it too. I knew that I had to make time for some other priorities. And if you listen to the last episode, Principal Matters episode 111, I talked about the decision that I made as a school leader to either resign from my position or begin to find some better habits. And so this week, I want to focus on area one, how I began to focus on the health of my body. And I just want to encourage you, not because I've got it all figured out and not because I have a prescription for how you should tend your garden of health, but just as an example of one leader to another, how I have had to learn to make better healthier choices, even in the middle of busy school leadership. So let me focus on just five with you this week. Number one, exercise. Now I have a three mile route that I like to run in my neighborhood. And for years, I've tried to schedule time at the gym or exercise after school, but frankly, it wasn't working for me. So Something happened when I began to decide that I was simply going to get up in the mornings, put on my running shoes, step out my door, stretch, and run. Instead of waking up early to check my emails, I just wake up early to run. It's that easy. It's all over in 30 minutes. And even though it has taken me years to develop the habit, it's one of the most important ways that I deal with my physical and mental health. I cannot tell you how many problems that I have solved and conflicts that I have worked through during those runs, how many times I've prayed through difficult situations, or how many times I've come to see things from the perspective of my wife or someone else during those runs. Exercise is good for your entire body because it makes you active in ways that exercise your heart and your organs, and it even affects your brain. When you have prolonged physical activity, your body also releases endorphins, which gives you a natural high that increases your energy and makes exercise something that you actually look forward to. So I don't know what works for you, but whatever it is, think about how physical activity can increase your health. Number two, nutrition. Now, I love food. In fact, when I was growing up, my mom always kept an extra large bowl in the kitchen just for me. And when we would have something like chili, for instance, she would put mine in the largest bowl because she knew that I would still want seconds or thirds. I was always active as a kid, so eating a lot didn't seem to be a problem. But when I became an educator, that changed. I was a lot less active. And so in addition to not exercising, I was also finding my need to make better nutritional choices. And so over the years, as I began to recognize my need to eat better, I've had to change my habits. So let me give you some examples from my own practice. Most mornings, I'll start my day off with a bowl of oatmeal and some coffee. Lunches, I usually eat light, a sandwich and fruit. My biggest meals I save for the end of the day and try to enjoy them with my family. The older that I get, the less meat I'm eating because I'm realizing how important it is for me to eat nutritiously. Now, I don't eat as nutritiously as I need to, but those little habits over time have created some long-term results. As a result, I've been able to keep off extra weight and I've got a healthy cholesterol level. So let me encourage you, think about what you're putting in to your body. 
if we're filling up on things like chips and soda, then our bodies are having to digest trans fats and sugars. We will have less energy. Our hearts have to work harder, not smarter. Our brains have to react to intakes by peaks in energy and then plunges of that energy. And so eating nutritiously is a good habit that creates long-term results. And let me give you a little secret. If your school is like the ones I've worked in, then there's always reasons to cheat donuts or treats or cakes or whatever things that people bring in to share. And so I started a habit years ago that's worked for me. And I'm not saying this will work for you, but it's a freebie. When someone delivers donuts to the office or cakes, instead of giving in to the temptation to devour them, what I've done is I'll, I've learned to take one piece, take a bite of it and throw the rest of it away. And I don't normally do that in front of anyone, but now you know. But I can honestly tell that person, thank you for sharing that delicious treat, but I've also saved my body hundreds of unnecessary calories to burn. So whatever it takes for you, what are some of the habits that you can begin to practice with nutrition that will make your body feel better? Number three, sleep and rest. Now, I'm putting these two categories together because I believe they're connected. If you don't set a time each night to unplug from technology, to wind down, then you're going to have a hard time sleeping. And yes, there are times when deadlines or activities push you into late hours, but for the most part, you have to begin to wind down so that you can enjoy rest. For me, that means that I try to wind down around 9 p.m. each night so that I can be asleep by 10. I like to wake up at 5 or 5.30 each morning so that I can get exercise in before the day begins. But I've also made a commitment not to work on Sundays. And I know Sundays are historically days of rest for people of faith. And I used to think it was kind of silly not to work, but I did practice the habit of worship on Sundays until I began to realize years into my education experience that I was still doing a lot of schoolwork on Sundays too, which meant that seven days a week I was plugged into my work. And so I began to practice protecting my Sunday is not just a day of worship, but also a day of rest to spend more time with my family, to unplug from work. And here's what I found. I found that I was prioritizing my work better. I began to push my deadlines so that if I needed something done earlier, I got it done on that Saturday so that I would have that time to rest on Sunday. I also found that I had more creativity on Mondays when I stepped back into work because I had had that 24-hour time to completely break away from thinking of work. So let me encourage you, think about your sleep. Think about your rest. How are you taking breaks from activity and work and allowing your body to recover? Number four, Moderation. Now, I'm not going to say much here, but let me just be really blunt. If you enjoy alcohol, coffee, sweets, meat, do so with moderation. I enjoy all those things, but you will feel better if you enjoy them with moderation. Second, people will like you better if you enjoy those things with moderation too. And I'm not trying to be mean, but let me just tell you that You and I, I'm sure, have been around people who don't enjoy those things with moderation. And sometimes it's difficult to be around people who have unhealthy obsessions. So keep that in mind. It's good for you and it's good for others. And yes, the area that I struggle the most in with those is coffee and I'm still working on it. But moderation is an important practice of taking care of your body. So think about the things you love to do. It doesn't mean stop doing them. It just means do them with moderation. And number five, how are you keeping your body inspired? Now, I'm not really sure how to explain this, but let me, let me just say this. The treatment of your body influences your creativity and inspiration. There's a connection 
between your activities and the way that you think. If you think about how your body is designed for movement, it only makes sense that when you're engaged in moving, heart pumping, endorphin releasing activities, when you're involved in good nutrition and good intake, when you're involved in good rest, then your mindset and your brain benefit as a result. So maybe for you, that's a long hike or a walk, or maybe for you, that's dancing, or maybe for you, it's hunting or fishing or whatever it is, but take time to move, take time to eat healthy and rest, care for yourself so that you can enjoy the benefits that happen as a result. So let's wrap this up. Just today, I went out to a raised bed in my backyard and I gathered some fresh lettuce that my wife and I enjoyed together. And the vegetables that we are growing there are not anything as beautiful or bountiful as my grandparents' gardens. But the same truths that worked for their garden work for mine. Good soil, watering, sufficient sunlight, make yummy produce. And as you think about the ways that you're tending the garden of your body, I want to encourage you. You may be in your journey already staying active and making healthy choices, or maybe you're discouraged because you're battling some some health challenges. Whatever your situation, I don't want you to be discouraged. I want you to be encouraged to take whatever steps work for you and know that with every positive step that you take, you're beginning movement toward healthier results. And when you do, you're going to find yourself able to enjoy being present more, to enjoy serving others more, and to enjoy yourself more. So now it's your turn. Think about those five areas this week. Number one, how is your nutrition, what's going into your body, affecting your concentration and your energy? Number two, how is your physical activity or or lack of it influencing the way you feel about tackling big projects? Number three, how are you allowing sleep and rest to influence your levels of patience and endurance? Number four, in what ways are you letting moderation or lack of it affect your relationships or the way you feel? And number five, does your overall physical health lead you to more inspiration or is the lack of it leading you toward more anxiety? At the end of the day, the way that we're treating ourselves affect the way that we treat others. So this week, do yourself a favor and start taking care of you. And as you do, you will find more energy and creativity for doing what matters. I hope that's helpful. And as I dig in these coming weeks to areas of reflection for education leaders, I want to just touch on those areas of healthy habits that each of us can be practicing that help us to serve others well. If you'd like other free resources like this one, you can check out all my posts at williamdparker.com. If you want to stay connected on social media, you can find me at williamdp on Twitter, on Instagram. My handle is at william underscore d underscore parker. Or feel free to shoot me an email anytime. I'd love to hear from you at my email address, will at williamdparker.com. Until next time, thanks for doing what matters, and I'll talk to you soon.